Hey there, and thanks for joining me as I show up to give you powerful, practical, quick, and kingdom tools for you to go out there and live your best life, to show up every day as the best, healthiest, fullest version of yourself, and to live a joyful, abundant, and destiny-filled life. You know, sometimes I might talk about things I've learned, being a wife, a mom, a sister, friend, pastor, mentor, a mentee, a human being. I might share a ridiculous story, and there are some ridiculous stories from my own journey, my successes, and the not so much. I might unpack practical tips and relationship tools. I might encourage you, challenge you, make you laugh, make you cry, and maybe some days it will be all of the above. The point is, I'm really excited, and I hope you are too. So grab your coffee, sit down with me, Danielle Steinspring, and let's start living. Well, hey there, guys. It's me again, kicking off another episode, letting you know where I'm recording from, because I tried to avoid that, but it just seemed to be the thing that I was always saying first. So here I am yet again outside of my home. I'm sitting on my front lawn with my microphone propped up on a shoebox and I'm sitting in the warmth of the sun and the breeze and the noise from I-4 which I'm sure you'll hear every now and again and I just needed to be outside of the four walls of my home because We are living in the coronavirus quarantine right now. I think this is day 12, and I'm recording several episodes today, so you'll hear this again if you listen to all of my episodes. So I'm just, I'm living my life outside right now because that honestly is what my soul needs. I I can't look at the walls of my home anymore, and I just wanted to be outside getting some good old vitamin D and seeing my neighbors um, in my cul-de-sac because I'm an extrovert and my little extrovert heart has been really struggling with all of this isolation and that's just the truth. What are we talking about today? Well, I want to chat with you today about your authority to manage what comes into your environment. So what do I mean when I say that? Well, this is actually the perfect season for me to be talking about this because I have not been a great manager of what's coming into my environment. In fact, this episode is going to be a lot to do with you being a powerful person, which is something that I'm going to talk about in future episodes as well. But let me tell you, sometimes, and again, lately... We can be victims of our thoughts and decide that every single thought that comes at us is meant for us to entertain and therefore meant to control some portion of our day. Well, you actually get to control. You are in the driver's seat. You get to manage which of your thoughts you choose to entertain. Which one of your thoughts is going to come in and you're going to decide that's a wave I want to ride. 
or are you just going to let it go to shore and come back out? I have not been doing an awesome, stellar, amazing, A-plus job at managing what's been coming into the environment of my mind lately. With everything that's going on around us right now, with a lot of uncertainty, with me being in the home uh, 100% of my days going to taking care of my kids and not often going to taking care of myself, um, my defensives have been down. And so thoughts are coming in and I am entertaining them instead of knowing, actually, if I entertain this thought right now, it's not going to produce good fruit. Not every single thought that comes to you is a gift that you need to unwrap. Some of them you need to return to sender. Some of the thoughts that come into your brain are not capable of producing fruit of peace, of joy, of righteousness. If it's not able to produce that fruit, then don't spend any of your time watering, planting, mulling over that seed that just came to you. We've had a lot of metaphors already today about thoughts. We've talked about waves and gifts and seeds, but it's really, really, really true. Some thoughts come into your brain and it's your responsibility with the brain that you've been given and the mind of Christ, as the word tells us, it's your responsibility to nix that thing. In fact, the word tells us, here's a word for you, ready? The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Now, that word alone, taking a thought captive, means to put it in prison. Imprison it. Lock it up. Take it captive as like a prisoner of war. Which is a very active um, analogy. It's very serious imagery to take it captive. It's not just like, oh, sit it. You know what you should do with every thought is sit it down on the couch, make sure it's feeling well, and get it a, get it a glass of water if it's thirsty. No, take every single thought captive and decide: is this going to produce fruit, or is this going to to put me into turmoil? And again, I'm not batting a thousand on this right now where usually this is a strength that I draw from, I'm reminding myself, even as I'm talking to you, that it's so critical that we take our thoughts captive. Because you know why? Your thoughts are going to produce fruit. You are going to reap fruit from the thoughts that you sow. And so it's critical that we are setting our minds on things above And making sure that we're focusing on that which is pure, that which is lovely, that which is righteous. And not dwelling on every little thought that comes into into our minds. All right, I'm going to tattle on myself. Part of my testimony is with food and eating and some of the disorders that come along with that. Including um, body dysmorphia where what I see in the mirror isn't actually reality and... um, and those types of things. And actually in college, I walked through a season um, with an eating disorder. And that was really a very real part of my story. And so there are times when those old, dead, long gone thought patterns try to resurface. And it is my responsibility to not allow those synapses that had well-worn paths in my mind to continue to fire. 
and to just go down the the path of least resistance. Did you know that your brain has a path of least resistance? That if you think something and it leads to more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts, the, the more times that you think those same thoughts that you think, no one called me today, so that means I have no friends. When you put those thoughts together, your brain will start making that connection for you and without you. It will wear a... Um, like a trench in your brain for thought patterns to easily go down that path. So that for me, when I would see a piece of candy or a piece of cake, the well-worn path was a path of shame, a path of fear, a path of guilt, a path of um, you name it, right? And so your path, the well-worn path in your brain, those synapses go over and over and over and it develops a path of least resistance. So it takes the miraculous and it takes effort on our part to retrain our brain to not make those connections, which is why every single thought that comes into our brain has to be taken captive. So part of my journey with all of this was actually several years ago, I was already married um, and uh, Andy and I had only our son Everett, so Juliet wasn't around yet. And I was really down on the way that my body had changed after having kids. It was a tough transition. Everything changes. You just need to know that. And it was a tough transition for me, especially given my history. And there came a time where I was really um, reliving some of those old thought patterns. And while I wasn't acting on them or behaving on them, they were not producing fruit of joy and peace. They were producing fruit of shame and self-hatred and hiding and uh, disconnection and all kinds of not great fruit, not great things that we want to be seeing in our life. And there came a moment where I had to decide, okay, I'm going to take these thoughts captive. I'm going to choose to manage what's coming into my environment. I am not a victim to my thought life. I'm going to choose which thoughts I spend my time on and which thoughts I kick to the curb. And you know what? I saw transformation radically. I radically saw transformation. No, I didn't start shedding pounds and dropping weight and fitting into my jeans better, but my mind started changing and therefore the fruit I was producing was one of freedom and joy and life and abundance and beauty. And all of that happened because I decided to change my mind. And I have, believe it or not, biblical proof of this. So in Romans 12, it actually tells us, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The Passion Translation actually says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So here's the deal. If you've seen breakthrough, if you know the truth, if you've had encounter after encounter and word from the Lord, but you haven't seen transformation, it's because the word tells us that transformation is linked directly to our thought life. 
I had to decide. I knew the truth. I had already had my breakthrough in the area of food and eating and body image. I already had that breakthrough from years before. I'd had encounters. I'd had words. I had time in the spirit. I had time in the presence. I had all of those things going for me. I wasn't seeing transformation. Why? Because the word tells us that transformation is linked directly to your thought life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it is time for you to start being the owner of your thought life. You are not a victim to your thoughts and your thoughts aren't accidentally happening to you. Yes, there may be some patterns that you have to uproot. There may be some thoughts that you have to put in jail, in prison, take captive. And it's going to take some work. But it's time for you to tell them who's boss. Start managing your space. Manage what comes into your environment. And today, the environment that we're talking about is your thought life. So sometimes, I'm going to give you a couple of quick tools. Sometimes it's going to mean thinking the opposite of what you're feeling. Say what? Did she just tell me to think opposite of what I'm feeling? I did, actually. And it's tough because one, I'm a big time feeler. I'm very much a person that feels all the things. I'm really in tune with my emotions. I'm really in touch with how I'm feeling in any given scenario. I'm very well guided by that feeler thing. But my emotions can't be in control. If they're in control, we're in a scary, scary world. (laughs) I am living in the danger zone if my emotions are in control. And we actually are in a culture right now that is telling us that heart is everything. Whatever you feel is good. Go with what you're feeling. Let your heart be your guide. Let your feelings guide you. If you feel it, then it's right. That's a lie. It's incredibly misguided and it's actually incredibly immature. Your emotions aren't the boss of you, you're the boss of you. And if you want to learn how to start taking your thoughts captive, it's going to mean that sometimes you actually choose to think opposite to what your feelings are telling you the truth is. Because your feelings might reveal facts, more likely they're revealing opinions, but they aren't revealing truth. Sometimes they're a good compass for us. They're a good guide. They can give us direction as to what's going on inside of us. But they're not the boss of you. They're not in charge. And so sometimes I would be feeling really ugly. I would be feeling really fat. I would be feeling really unworthy, unvaluable, unbeautiful. And that was the truth. I'm using ear quotes. You can't see them. That was the quote unquote truth of what I was feeling. But it's not actually true, first of all, nor is it producing good fruit inside of me. So I had to choose to think I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. I'm lovable. I am lovely. I had to choose to think those things when I didn't feel those things. Sometimes in order for you to learn how to take your thoughts captive, in order for you to learn how to renew your mind in order to see transformation, you're going to have to think 
opposite to what you're feeling. I'm not telling you to shove your emotions in the trunk and never deal. But I am telling you that sometimes when your emotions are driving the car, you need to put them back in the back seat where they belong, make sure they have their seat belts on, and choose to, to think something different. Okay, tool number two, sometimes you're going to have to think opposite to what the world is telling you. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that a lot of times. You're going to have to think opposite to what the world is telling you. Because if you want to imitate the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, then you're never going to see the breakthrough transformation that you're waiting for. If the world's thoughts are sounding a lot like your thoughts, then we have a problem. If your value system is looking a lot like the world's value system, then we have a problem. Because if you're listening heavier to what the world is telling you than imprisoning those thoughts and allowing the Lord to define your value system and how you live, then of course there's going to be a disconnect. You're not going to see that breakthrough that you want. You're not going to be able to manage your environment because you have decided that your culture and your ecosystem is going to be the same as one that is meant to produce death and and lies. Instead of life and life abundantly, it will mean choosing the opposite of what the world says. And it will mean choosing to have God's thoughts about yourself, about the circumstances you find yourself in, about the world around you, even when it isn't easy. It'll mean quieting your mind and deciding to think what he thinks rather than what you're thinking, rather than allowing those synapses to fire without your control or without your input, but allowing him to be the one to speak to you and to choose to think like him, either with that rhema word, that right now word that he's giving you in the moment, or with um, drawing from what you know to be true about his character and about what he has said, or from that logos, that word that written word that he's given you as, um, as a gift for you to draw from. And the other thing is, guys, listen, it's going to take guarding your thoughts, setting up some boundaries for your thinking. So here's one of mine. I try, and again, this week, I have not done a good job, but I think I'm in good company. But in general, I try to boundary circular thinking. What do I mean by circular thinking? I mean when I think, oh man, I forgot to give Everett his snack. And then that leads to, I'm a horrible mother. Or when I think, oh man, I forgot to give Everett a snack. I'm bad at making lunches. I'm I'm bad at cleaning the house. I'm bad at, I'm bad at being a mom. I'm a horrible mother. Everett deserves a better mother than me. I never should have been a mom. I shouldn't have even been a wife. Why did I even never get married? I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible person. I should never be around human beings ever again. Shut me off from the world. I'm a horrible person. Okay. Somehow I forgot to make Everett snack led me to I should be shut a shut in. No one talked to me. I'm the worst. That's what I mean when I talk about that circular thinking. It's that tornado snowball where one normal-ish thought goes to this downward spiral that you can't stop. It's like, oh, I have a new freckle on my knee. Well, I'm probably going to die, right? 
it's the web md of circular thinking <laughs> it's when you go oh man i forgot to call my friend on her birthday and instead of immediately thinking i should do that right now you know what you're right i forgot i forgot to call her let me change my thoughts right now and just call her but typically what happens is i forgot to call my friend on her birthday I'm a horrible friend. I'm the most selfish person I've ever met. I'm so selfish that I should never have friends. This is why no one likes me. This is why I have no friends. I'm a horrible person. And now here we right back are at the horrible person life that's not real or true. Okay, so circular thinking. Um, Another boundary for me is to know your own, you got to know your own triggers. And I know triggers is a really buzzy word right now and everybody's talking about it. But if there are certain accounts on Instagram that you're following that are producing thoughts or are not helping you cultivate and curate your thoughts the way you want to, then get off of them. It's not actually, I used to think, well, that's so emotionally immature. They sh- I should be able to just not think those thoughts. And that's probably true. That's the better option is that I just don't think those thoughts when I look at that girl's Instagram. But for whatever reason, where I am in my process, whatever she's got going on is a trigger for me. And so I know it's safer for me to be mature and unfollow. That actually is the mature thing to do. Especially if what they're posting isn't uplifting, isn't life-giving, isn't producing good fruit, period right? I also know to stay out of my little, that little search engine at the bottom of Instagram and other social media apps have it as well. But I stay out of the search box. Why? Because that thing has my number. Somehow that little box knows exactly what my triggers are. (laughs) It knows exactly what things I shouldn't be thinking. And it puts them right in front of my face. And I know I'm not the only one. You know, if you click that little search engine at the bottom of your Instagram, you know, you know, I don't got to tell you. There's algorithms. They've got us all figured out. Here's the deal, you guys. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Give the one that is inside of you your thoughts for him to take over. Allow him to take over your thoughts. Recognize that he says you have the mind of Christ. So you get to make the choice as to what things you are entertaining in your thought life today. If I somehow get my act together and I get this out there in the midst of all of this corona crazy that we're in the middle of, hopefully this will help you. Because I know I need it. I'm preaching to myself today, you guys, because I definitely have been in that camp of going, oh man, everything is horrible. It's absolutely the worst. And not boundary, not being a steward, not managing my environment of what comes into my brain and into my thoughts. So I want to encourage you today that you have the mind of Christ, that you actually have the power to stop and manage your own thought life and not allow your thoughts to run away with you and not allow your emotions to dictate your thoughts and vice versa, but for you to actually be in the driver's seat of what is true, what is real, 
and that requires it requires action on our part be transformed by the renewing of your mind all right that's all i have for us today Hopefully the sound quality in my front yard wasn't too bad. Hey, if you have enjoyed this episode, then hop onto my socials um, on Instagram. I'm hey there underscore it's Danielle. Join the conversation. Let me know if there's other things you'd like for me to talk about. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Have an awesome day and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>